to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Joining me tonight, we got Ryan. Oh, hey. Hey, Ryan. What's up? Not too much. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about Diablo 4. Um, I've talked about this on a couple previous SUs, you know, during the betas and just how excited I am and how much of a fan I am about it. Um, But... Now that it's actually been released and it's been out for quite a while, um, I figured I'd have you on because you are the only person I know who is technically a higher level than me. Um, Technically. Now, I say technically because I'm currently leveling Druid, Rogue, Sorceress, Necromancer, Necro, five characters. So all of them. Well, I don't have a Barbarian. Okay. So I'm leveling currently. I have a druid that's my highest level main softcore character. Um, I have a rogue who's in like the mid to high 30s. I have a sorcerer who's in the mid 20s ish. And I have a necromancer who is level like nine. Um, and those are all softcore. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to play a hardcore character just to test it. And I figured, you know what? I'm going to play my Necromancer because the original Necromancer I made was to play with Rob, but Rob never plays now. So I figured, well, I'll make a hardcore Necromancer so I can at least get used to the Necromancer. And I've gotten that right. Necromancer to almost 40. Nice. On hardcore. Uh,. I know I told you I had a funny story. Well, a story about the butcher. I might as well throw it out there now because we've already talked about the hardcore. Uh, I've run into the butcher twice. Okay. Uh, I survived the first time with lots of kiting. Uh, kiting him into other groups of mobs so that way I could get bodies to refresh my minions. Because my necromancer, I'm not following any guides. I, I, you know, I, I took all the guides off of off of off of my computer. Um, normally, I'll go I'll go to like Max Roll is a, is a good site, and um, mm-hmm. I'll look at their guides to kind of get used to how certain builds are supposed to work. I'm not using any of them. I'm just here purely going through figuring out using my knowledge of hardcore from Diablo three and how you should build differently than a softcore character. And I'm just pre I'm making a pet build, a companion build. Um, now some people out there who have played this game might scoff a little bit because the pet build is not supposedly very good. Um, not yet, not but... yet. Uh, I will say I have not had too much difficulty yet. 
Um, again, the first time I met the butcher, I had to kite him into some other packs to get the bodies to continue raising my, my skeletons. The second time I ran into the butcher, he caught me in a place where I had pretty much already cleared out the rest of the dungeon. Mm -hmm. And there were no bodies left. So I just pretty much had to like run and hide and then he'd slowly start killing all my minions and then I'd just run a little bit further until I could eventually just run away. So we're we're mm. one in one right now. Yeah. I think that the problem that people have with the minion build is that the minions are so squishy. They're not. That's the thing is they, I don't think people are running the right minions then. That's that's the thing. Like so that character is level 40 ish. High 30s. So you're probably yeah. right on the cusp of when it starts to get inconvenient because like yeah. some of like even in T3, not even T4. Like T4 I can do now that I've gotten some gear, but like when I first went to T4 it was painful. I had to like fight trash mobs yeah but um the i feel like the minions are just going to get one tapped because the, you like jump into a pack of enemies and you either kill them in two seconds or you get crowd controlled for a minute and a half and die so i don't know how the minions are going to do right. because they're squishy right well i will but, say as far as the necromancer goes, so each class, which you know, we'll kind of get into at least what we know. I don't, I don't actually have like a, I don't have a, a thing on, on my computer right now that shows like what the specialties are for each class. Um, but each class has a special, unique thing that you start getting around level fifteen, right? Mm -hmm. So like your necromancer is where you start getting. Well, you start off with your minions. You yep. have regular, you have regular ass little skeletons. But then by the time you hit 15, you start getting into like specialty skeletons, things like that, where you can start changing what you have. And then the way it works is each each minion type, I guess, um, has two choices and a sacrifice choice. So, for instance, uh, like the shield skeletons have one where I, I don't remember what the first choice is, but then the second choice is the thorns um, percentage that they acquire from you is mm -hmm. increased um, from like 20 to 40%, something like that. And then if you don't like either of those, you can choose a sacrifice thing where you don't get a skeleton anymore but it increases something else that you have, which I'm assuming is some of the more powerful Necromancer builds currently. Yeah. The um, Bone Spear, I think, is the best right now. Yeah. So what I did, and it, 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 I haven't seen it super effective because it's hard to find thorns on, on certain pieces of gear, so you kind of have to gamble around a little bit if, if you can. But... I'm going sword and shield bo uh, bone skeletons that have the increased thorns. Mm -hmm. I went the ice skeletal mages 
Um, so I have a thing where like every time they attack and hit somebody, I gain essence. And every X amount of attacks that they do, because each attack chills the target for a percentage, and then each X amount of attacks, it freezes the target. So that's a free CC plus damage, having them. And then my golem, I went the bone golem. Uh, in addition to that, I did the same thing with the skeletal uh, shield bearers. Uh, this, the bone golem has one where it increases the thorns percentage that it gets from you from like 20 to 50%. Um, and the bone golem has a, has an AOE taunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say I have run into a few fights where my bone golem has died. And I have had a few minions die here and there. But usually there's enough bodies on the ground by the time that starts happening to start re-raising the skeletons. Um... And also mid-fight, if if you're on top of it and you're not utilizing the bodies for anything else, you can actually click your summon skeleton ability again on a body. And they get a buff. And, well, they'll get, it'll summon a skeleton priest that will AoE heal all of your pets for, you know, a small amount. Right. Um, but, you know, one of the points further down their, their tree is that that skeletal priest every five seconds will heal the skeletons up to, I think like 40% of their max health. So the, mm-hmm. the, the, the healing buff is increased greatly. And then another skill, another companion skill is your skeletons can't take more than 30% of their max health in damage in, in a single hit. So they're not going to get one shot anymore. Um, so, and it's interesting because, like, I just pretty much stand there and, like, I, I use Bone Spear as my offensive ability. And then I use Iron Maiden, which is just another Thorns-esque sort of curse. So right. every, every time somebody does damage, they take damage. Um, and then I have it to where it doesn't cost me essence to cast that. And instead, I actually gain life for killing people that, that are underneath my curse. Um, so pretty good. So what I will say is I'm around, like I said, I'm around the level 40 mark with this necromancer with the exception of me having to run from the butcher. I've never once popped a potion. I, I mean, I haven't good. needed to. I'm I'm kind of scared because now I feel a little cocky and I don't want to feel cocky because that's when I that's when I'm going to make a mistake and I'm going to lose my character. You know. But... Well, I mean, what I'll say is that I usually go through four potions for a group of elites. Yeah, my bear does too. But I pop a lot of potions on my bear because the rogue has basically no defense. Right, because no you're, you're meant buff. to you're meant to just be really maneuverable and like try to like attack and then dip out of combat and then attack again and then dip out of the pack. Yeah, as the rogue. So that's the main reason why the rogue can't do the butcher because I can't go anywhere. <laughs> right. Now I will say the, the sorcerer is easy. And see, I'm having I'm struggling with the sorcerer. 
leveling the sorcerer. I'm really struggling. Well, what skills are you running? I'm well right now. I've changed so many times, Ryan. I started off as a chain lightning sorcerer. Right. Uh, I didn't really care for it. Um. Then I went to frost, and I was like, "All right, this is all right," but I didn't really care for it. Now, right now, I'm currently running all fire. Okay. Um, and I'm finding that I'm able to kill things more, but I'm having to be, I'm having to keep my distance and I'm, I'm having to pop a a lot more potions. Like, so there's things about sorcerer that, and maybe they're going to address this in this huge patch that they have said is coming up. You... Out of all of the things you get on Sorcerer, you're really only able to pick two skills. Everything else is kind of mandatory. Right. Um, You must have Teleport. You must have Frost Nova to apply Vulnerable. See, I'm not running Frost Nova. Maybe that's an issue. Like, that you're missing out on, like, 600% damage. Oh, okay. Because you... It's guaranteed Vulnerable in a huge AoE... And you get vulnerable damage on your gear, and that just multiplies that. Okay. But then also, you run ice armor. Yep, I'm running that. That's how I get my mana regen. If you need an oh shit button, you run level one uh, flame armor, because it makes you invulnerable for two seconds. I am running that, because that helps increase my burn damage to everything that's attacking me. So then you only have two skills left. But right. you, you take um, Firebolt at level one, and you put that in your enchantment so that your enemies are always ignited and always burning. Mm-hmm. That way you can benefit from burning damage. But then that only leaves you two slots. So my sorcerer is currently Arc Lash and um, the ultimate, the, the lightning ultimate. Okay. Um, I did just see today an infinite mana ball lightning build, which seems pretty cool uh, that I might pivot towards. But okay, you know, I'm working on the rogue right now, and then we'll see if anything else in the sorcerer gets buffed. So, but yeah, right now Hydra is kind of a trap. It doesn't really do any damage. Okay, so you're gonna laugh because so you leveled up a sorcerer first. Yes. Well, and, and I then mean, you switched, and now in the release, yeah, and now your rogue is pretty much your main. Yes. Okay. So my sorcerer build that I have currently. <laughs> so my left click attack button and my first, because I haven't gotten to the second enchant unlock yet. I'm not 30. Right. And my first enchant thing is flame arrow. Right. Okay. That's also my primary attack. Okay. My second button is Hydra. Because I do like the fact that I can just put a Hydra out there and it's going to start attacking things and causing them to burn. Right. Um, you know what? Maybe I did unlock the second enchant because I put Flame Wall somewhere. So that way burning burning creatures have a chance to spawn two Flame Walls underneath them. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that my character's doing that. So I had to have hit level 30, now that I think about it. In any case, my number one button is teleport. 
My number two button is Flame Shield, which also mm-hmm. heals me. Right. My number three button is Ice Armor. Mm-hmm. And then my number four button is the giant flame snake that pulls everything into the center of it and catches it on fire. Yeah, that's fair. that's a very useful skill. Um, I, I would kind of like. What would you switch if, if you were going to take Hydra out of that? What would you switch it to? Um. Well, probably Frost Nova. Frost Nova. With, yeah. With the vulnerable uh, node, but um. Yeah, I mean, how is Firebolt as a damage skill? It's it's good, uh, especially when you put all your points into like doing extra burning damage and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's decent. It, I mainly take it for the fact that I can be pretty far away. And and especially in a group of enemies, if I run into a pack, I can cast that snake thing. I forget what it's called, Inferno or something. Right. It'll group um, them all together. And flame arrow is just such a fast attack, and right. it, and it pierces too. I think a lot. I think the most popular fire build was like flame wall as the attacking skill. Yeah. But then, um, how do you get how do you get mana back? I mean, flame wall, I believe, is. I'm active. sure there's passives that. Yeah, uh, like I know your ice armor gives you mana back when you're yeah. being when you're being hit or whatever, but I don't know. But yeah, the the vulnerable is is huge. Hmm. And I mean, if you could get a particular unique, you might pivot to fireball. Um, I actually have a unique staff in my stash that's when you use a fireball, it shoots two additional fireballs. Oh, okay. So that could be fun. I just, you well, know. Well, I mean, I guess to be fair, I like I have some of those uh, legendary affixes unlocked from doing the dungeons, but mm-hmm. I haven't put anything on my gear and I don't have any legendaries on my sorcery yet. So I'm, yeah. I'm running purely just non-gear based just here's some skills to try to pass the time while i level um, yeah i, I mean, am finding a lot of the cl- a lot of the classes are very gear dependent in diablo 4 a lot of the survivability and the damage depends on the enchantments on your gear yeah which is why it's good that you can rip them off and put them on other pieces of gear yeah but it's, the only time you can't is if you put an affix on a piece of gear you can't rip that affix off of it again Right, and you can't transfer it between rarities. So a sacred can only go to a sacred. Yeah, I and found an that out the can only way. go to an ancestral. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's different gearing than D three definitely because you're not looking for stat mainly. You're looking for percent damage increase. Yeah, but all ones that overlap. Like my rogue benefits from close damage, damage with dual wielded weapons. Um, Vulnerable damage, critical damage to vulnerable targets, damage to crowd-controlled targets, but those all overlap. Right. And they all multiply separately, and that's what makes the damage big. Yeah. And see, like, with my bear, I know I I look for a lot of gear that has things that will fortify me, um, and gear that does, like, uh, plus to, like, my overpower damage. 
because it's it's crazy with my bear. Like it's it's hit or miss, and I think it's because it's it's dependent on one of my skills that has like a uh, a timer attached to it. Uh, it stacks up to I think twelve times. But I like I could run into a, a group of elites with all of their non-elite minions, and use my pulverize ability and mm-hmm. just one-shot the entire screen. Yeah, that's. I mean, that sounds great. I'm waiting on Druid uh, until they fix the loot table. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking hopefully for for season one maybe. Yeah, I will say once I once I did get a couple of the gear pieces that I really needed that had the affixes that I needed. That's when I started noticing I was really tanky again. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it takes a lot of getting used to. I had to go on the D4 Discord and be like, "Why is my rogue garbage?" And they were like. Well, what's your vulnerable damage multiplier? What's your uh, what was the other one? Overpower damage. Yeah. What's that multiplier? And I was like, oh, it's like eighty nine and like forty eight. And they were like, you need at least two hundred in each for T four. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh crap. And sure enough, I dropped a couple items. And the thing thing about rogue, which is kind of funny, and I hope that they leave it. And I'm I guess this works on a barbarian too, which would kind of make barbarian the best class. But uh huh. The weapons, the weapons that you have equipped, all of the stats apply yep. at all times. Yep. So if you're so running I'm a dual wielding rogue, your bow is a stat stick. Yeah. So I'm currently wearing a crossbow that gives me 140% vulnerable damage, 150 dex, and like a couple other things, but I never take it out. Yep. <laughs> so like. I can only do T4 because I'm wearing that crossbow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the rogue and yeah, and I think the barbarian are the only two classes yeah. that have have a weapon that you don't necessarily have to utilize. But like the barbarian has what? Five weapons? Four? Yeah, four, I think, yeah. So you could get like three hundred percent vulnerable damage just from that. Yeah. Which is huge. Yeah. I will say that that's been one of the struggles that I've been running into with my hardcore necromancer, um, because I'm because I'm purposely trying to do a thorns build with it mm-hmm. to see if it's viable. One of the few things that you will find thorns on are shields. So I'm running a one-handed weapon and a shield, which is fine because right. shields are you know that's extra defense for me. I'm able to block some attacks. That's more survivability anyway. But it's just really gut-wrenching when I pick up like a two-handed sword or a two-handed scythe or something, and I see that, oh, plus 255 DPS, but it's not a one-handed weapon, so I end up just trashing it. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that I, I basically learned from the Discord was that your weapon attack means nothing like the the stat that you have in your character sheet okay power it it means nothing all it is is the attack speed of your weapon multiplied by your stat increase multiplied by the dps of the weapon okay the actual calculation is like weapon damage plus stat increase um plus like vulnerable multiplied by the DPS plus overpower multiplied by the DPS plus 
every other thing multiplied by your DPS all then added together. Okay. So, like, yeah, like, that number will go up if you have big, big damage weapon, but you can have, like, 3,000 less DPS than someone and do 10 times their damage. As long it, as it, the stats it, are right. it just depends on the multipliers, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll have to look into that for a Necromancer then, too. Because I will say, with the Bone Spear being my really only offensive thing that my Hardcore Necro has, other than, like, my 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 Scythe Swing to get Essence back, which I try not to get that close anyway, yes, yes, yes. Um, my Bone Spear makes people vulnerable. Um, so I know I'm going to definitely need to, like stack up on vulnerable damage yeah so then like if you found a, a one-handed scythe that was 200 dps less but it had 40 percent vulnerable damage and then like 40 percent own spear damage you're not really going down 200 you're actually going up it just won't be reflected right so that's yeah that's kind of the thing but yeah two-handed weapons and arpgs are usually a trap because they don't balance them right it's the same issue in path of exile where sure they do twice the damage but that's not like when when things are stat dependent like that why would i not want 12 affixes instead of four oh instead of six you know yeah yeah like you got to give me something here. <laughs> Let them roll double the number, then it'll be fine. But like, you know, um, well, I do know with the barbarian, it's very specific. Like that's where you you have to kind of get specific because I think some of the barbarian skills require specific weapon types. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually haven't played a barbarian yet, and I'm really surprised that I haven't played yeah. one yet. I haven't either. Um, because looking at the tier lists, uh, number one, Whirly Barb, and that's, that's my jam. I love Whirly Barbs. Uh, you spin me right round, baby, but I don't know. I just, I haven't had time and I'm, I'm really liking, honestly, I really like the, the, the Druid, um, aesthetically because, you know, he's a big guy like I am. And I'm like, ah, oh, finally, you know, a, 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 a video game where I can play a big dude. I don't have to play this, like, super ripped jacked guy. I can just be like, hey, this guy's got a gut, so what? Yep. Uh, and I get to turn into a massive bear. So, hey, oh, yeah. win-win. Um, okay, so <laughs> Diablo 4, obviously, the fourth installment in the Diablo series, now, we haven't really talked about any spoilers yet, so I'm going to give a spoiler disclaimer now. The game's been out for a little while. If you are listening and you want to play it, or you are playing it, and you have not finished the story, stop listening. Pause, do whatever you have to do, go finish the story, come oh, back. Because uh, there are going to be some things that I just, you know, I've been dying to talk about just and just nerd out about. Uh, yeah, I can guess one of them. And you're ahead. the only person that I know who has finished the goddamn game yet, as as well as myself. <laughs> uh, you know, I try not to talk about it with any, with anybody or, or whatnot, even if they're not Diablo fans. Like, you know, I, 
try to talk about it with Clay, who doesn't play Diablo, but he's interested in the story. But I try not to do it when Rob's around because he hasn't finished the story and things like that. Um, what's the thing that you think I'm excited about? Oh, uh, I, I, not that you're excited about that you might have wanted to talk about. Oh, what's that? Uh, in the last, uh, last bit of the game there where, Ooh, I'm a, I'm a seasoned Haradrim. Let me just touch this wall and die. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like a child. <laughs> He's like, Ooh, skeleton. <laughs> um, I will say, okay. So the premise of this game for people who are listening who are fans of Diablo is Sanctuary was made by Lilith and Anarius. Just having a brain fart there. Anarius is an angel and Lilith, obviously a demon. Um, they created Sanctuary to get rid of, you know, to get away from the eternal battle. Uh, and then they created together the Nephilim uh, and their first child being Rathma which I thought was cool I didn't know Rathma was their like was the first I knew he was the first necromancer mm-hmm. uh, I didn't realize he was like the first child I guess um, and then I was real disappointed when he was dead yeah um, but then the story pretty much follows with you tracking down Lilith. Now, man, I was so conflicted this whole game, Ryan, because like I wanted, I obviously Lilith was doing some really bad things, Uh, but, but I kind of understood why, like her, what her end goal was. And I kind of like agreed. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. And, And Anarius just seems like a dick. Yeah, he's a massive edgelord. The yeah. church sucks. Yeah, real bad. So I'm just like, okay. And then you meet this wolf with a half skull. Uh-huh. And, and then you realize, oh, that's Mephisto. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so now you get this prime evil helping you to defeat Lilith. And it's like, okay, all right. Now listen, I have no love loss for Mephisto because I've played through the other Diablos, especially Diablo 2. You know, I, I spent so much time playing Diablo 2. I had no problem killing Mephisto over and over and over again. So I really out of out of this entire thing and then there's Lorath. That's the other team that you're 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 fighting with, you know, that you're fighting for, essentially. I so liked like, him though. I did. I did too. That's the he thing had is like, like a Obi Wan vibe going on. Yeah, until like close to the end when he started getting <laughs> man, he started getting real like like we need to do this at all costs kind of deal. It was like, oh boy, Lorath, calm down. Um, I, I, you know, I thought, I really thought at the end it was going to come down to a choice. You know, yeah. I thought it was going to be one of those games where it's like, you, you make a choice, but I, I guess it would be kind of hard to make a expansion or whatever for that afterwards. But yes, you know, I, I really thought it was going to be make a choice, and then these are your consequences, sort of thing. But um, your spoilers. Your character does a cop out thing and leaves the choice up to the NPC, and then the NPC decides to, you know, 
say screw Mephisto, he gets to go into the Soul Stone because he's the prime evil, which arguably good call. And then you have to fight Lilith and you end up killing Lilith. It's like, well, I didn't really want to do that. I was kind of rooting for Lilith this entire game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was, I was, I was a little let down about that. When I saw the screen, when I saw the video of her killing Anarius, I was like, yeah, that's right. You get that. You know, fuck that dude. <laughs> I, I, that whole cutscene is great because then it pans out to the army yep. and they just see the light go out and then they all start running away. And yep. it, was, it was just so funny. They were like, oh, yeah, get him, get him. Oh, fuck. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I was telling Rob, I was like, dude, I don't, you know, because like I'd watch the cutscenes. I wouldn't tell him what they were about, but I was like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm rooting for, I'm kind of rooting for Lilith. Mm-hmm. She does some bad stuff, but I'm still kind of rooting for her. And he's like, but her followers are bludgeoning priests to death. And I was like, yeah, but they're kind of, they're kind of douchebags. So that, that priest. The one from the intro, he was a dick. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Quite yeah, that's just nodded. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just, I guess that was really my only letdown was the fact that, you know, I spent the entire game really conflicted about Lilith. Like I was back and forth. I was like, you know, I want to like her. She's making it real hard yeah. now, but I kind of get what she's doing. I hated the guy who was working for her. I forget his name. Elias. Elias, yeah. I didn't like him at all. I'm glad he, you know, bit it. But I just, that's my only letdown is the fact that you had to kill Lilith. But yeah, I, yeah, I uh, think that her character was, was really well done. And yeah, that, that was kind of the way I was going. I was like, yeah, you know what? She's right. Yeah. Now I will say a few callbacks that I was super excited for. Which one of them I was wrong, but I was also right. (laughs) Was when you found out that they were trying to summon one of the lesser evils. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh shit. Well, there's only so many. Oh yeah. And I was like, there's only so many that they could be. And when you start finding out about this, you're in the dry steps. Mm-hmm. And that you know that's the desert area or whatever, and I was like, well, in Diablo two, Duriel was in the dry steps, so maybe it's Duriel, and I was like, that's gonna be fucking awesome if it's Duriel, and then they ended up making it in Dariel, and I was like, well, I mean that's still kind of cool. Then you ended up having to fight Duriel anyway. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I think so. Yeah, so I think you had to fight. Both ran- of them. Ran- was that randomly at the end? When yeah. You do like yeah that and Ashava and then yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I was super excited for those callbacks where you get to fight these bosses again from back in Diablo 2. But honestly, they fucking yanked at my heartstrings, Ryan. They made a callback that I don't expect anybody who didn't play Diablo 2 to re- to really know. Um, when you meet the guy who guides you through the sandstorm. <laughs> and he's he thinks that uh, Lorath is... Uh, is Deckard. Deckard Kane. So that's Mashif. Mm-hmm. Mashif is in Diablo 2 he is in you meet him first in Act 2 in the dry steps in, in, in the desert city of Luke Golan and he is the guy where when you're done Act 2 you have to go talk to him and he gives you a boat ride and he escorts you to Act 3 and then he just remains in Act 3 that's that's literally all he is he's just a little NPC that just ushers you from one act to another 
Uh, and I was super excited that they put him in this one. I was like, holy shit, this guy's still alive. He's old. You know, this is back in Diablo 2. And the uh, Diablo 4 is supposedly what, like 30 or 40? 50, 50 years after yeah, D3. 50 years after Diablo 3. Deckard Kane was old as fucking Diablo 3. Yeah. You know, and he was still old as fucking Diablo 2. So I really thought Mashif was just the dead of old age at this point. Yeah. But they brought him back, and I was like, this is awesome. I love this guy. I love how he's just, he's crazy, you know, because he wasn't necessarily crazy in Diablo 2, but, you know, time and living in this type of world will drive you mad, I'm sure. Um, And then they fucking kill him. Then they killed him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was kind of the theme of the the campaign. I, I wasn't necessarily surprised... Only because I I did real good staying away from any type of media before playing the game. I did not want anything ruined for me. Uh, but the only thing that I did see, I was watching this thing about a Diablo 4 thing that they were doing in Paris. And they were just showing some artwork that was being done. And they were talking to one of the game developers, and the game developer pretty much said Diablo 3 had a essentially a good wrapped up ending. You I know, mean, sure, um, if, you, if you want to call it that. Yeah, but I mean, well, your hero is a hero. Right. You know, um, and Diablo 4 they said was going to be very dark and if you're hoping for that heartfelt you know nice ending you're not getting it right i mean the wrapped up ending of d3 was that malthiel thanos snapped the world and it killed 50 percent of all people in existence and that's why the world is so empty and run down in d4 yeah but I mean, Sorry. but I mean, to be fair, I'm you know I'm also that guy who agreed with Thanos, and in the Avengers movies, I was rooting for him the whole time too. Well, I knew he wasn't gonna win because he's the bad guy, but hey, yeah. I understood what he was going for. You know, the universe's yeah. uh, uh, resources are running dry, so if you just eliminate fifty percent of everything, then you're extending the life of your resources and the people. Yeah, I guess so. I, you know, it's it's one way to look at it, I guess. Although, if he had all the infinity gems, he could have just doubled all of the resources in the universe. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, as far as I think they said, two expansions. Is what they're um, going to do for Diablo 4? I think so. Okay. And that's probably not including, um, you know, obviously not including seasonal content and possibly new classes. Right. Um, uh, I but... think I think I heard them say that they are promising at least one class, which I'm going to guess is going to be the Paladin-esque type class. Uh, I was going to say it should probably be that. Yeah. Just please no Witch Doctor. I, I don't like the Witch Doctor. Yeah, I mean the Witch There's Doctor. There's plenty of Witch Doctors in the game already. It, not really. There's only the those, whole they're... bottom right of the map is Witch Doctors. Well, yeah, but you only meet like what two or three of them. Yeah, and they're all jerks. Well, I don't know. The first but lady was all right. 
Yeah, until she wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and ha- like ha- the quests after the campaign. She's just she's all of a sudden she's just a dick. I haven't done the quests down there yet. <laughs> she's just all of a sudden so rude. It, it's so weird. But um yeah, I mean one of the DLC it'll definitely be going after the Soulstone and what that does to the person holding it. Yeah. Um but I, I don't know about the other one. I mean the bottom of the map uh that technically I guess goes towards like where act one of D three was because act two uh, of D three is in, is in the game. Currently you can go to the, the hidden camp um, in D four and it's all deserted, but the carts are there. Wait, you can go to the hidden camp from act. Act two of D three. Why am I having a hard time picturing that? When you say hidden uh, camp, I'm automatically thinking of Act One of Diablo Two. Oh, it's the uh, it's the desert where uh, Wirt Wirt's there. Oh yeah, it's yeah, overlooking yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah. go there in D four. So that that area is currently in the game. Okay, but the bottom of the world map, the continent continues, but it's just it's grayed out. So I'm assuming. The second one, or the next one, will go down there. That must be where Tristram is, right? Cause... Yeah, Tristram at least. Um, I don't know. I don't know where like Act Three and Four. Well, Four takes place in Heaven and Hell, but yeah. I don't know where Act Three is on the map. And then there would also be West March. I don't know where that is on the map. So that's got to be south. Yeah. Like immediately south because we're in Chaldeum for part of this. So, uh, but there's a lot of world map for them to work with. Yeah, so. Mount Ariat is that in D4 yet? I don't. Because that don't was think so. that was Act Four, Act Five in Diablo Two, and uh, I remember that being a really cool map to progress because, like, pretty much you spend the whole map. I'm trying to move up this mountain. Um, and uh, it was, it's that's where pretty much all the barbarians are from, is around yeah. that area. There's a brief quest, I think it's a side quest. I don't think that was part of the story where you're like kind of there while they're being destroyed, basically. Yeah, I think that's a side quest. Um, but that's the only, I think that's the only time that that's referenced. All right. Um, so we, we've skipped around quite a bit. I, I, you know the rogue and the sorcerer better end game wise. We've I talked know. about the necromancers like level 15 specialty kind of thing. I think that's actually yep. where you get the uh, undead mages. Is fifteen, probably. Um, what's the uh, the rogues? I know the rogue. You get what three choices? Yeah, the rogue has three choices. Um, I don't remember what the third one is. Um, so the first one is combo points. Yep. You have three combo points every time you basic attack or use a left click, like a uh, a generator. You get a combo point. And then the next time you use a attack skill, 
it consumes them to do extra damage. Right. The second one is every once in a while, an enemy will be marked and you get bonuses for attacking the marked enemy. Um, I forgot what the third one is. Now, part of the second one with the, the peerless, it's peerless sight or something, right? Um, or whatever, is when you attack those marked enemies, you fill up this little bar, like this little gauge, and then when it's full, for X amount of seconds, you have unlimited energy. You have unlimited energy, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's generally accepted that the best one is combo points. Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends. For for melee, it definitely seems to be combo points. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe ranged wouldn't be bad for the peerless I, sight thing because you can kind of like choose your targets a bit easier from range. I mean, I'd really love to play ranged because I keep getting uniques for for ranged rogue. Um, like, uh, you know, uh, enemies that are like. I don't know how it's, how it's exactly worded. I'd have to launch the game, but it's like enemies that are under this condition just cast rain of arrows on themselves. And I'm like, Jeez. oh, that sounds cool, <laughs> but it's like that's not one of the good skills. Yeah, all of the rogue build, like all the top rogue builds, are melee. Like yeah. you can't find a ranged guide because in the beta, um, piercing arrow with shadow imbuement was so fun. Oh yeah. I played like it, a little shotgun build in the beta. Yeah, it sounds like a gun going off and then everything explodes. Yep. And there's a unique that makes piercing arrow fire three arrows. Yep. I was very I was very kind of sad when 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 the game launched and that build was was no longer the best rogue build. Now, don't get me wrong, I do play the twisting blades rogue build yes. as on my rogue and I am having a lot of fun. I do feel pretty powerful um i'm just now getting used i'm not gonna lie ryan this took me a long time i just recently realized that if you stab somebody with the twisting blades ability and then you dash or shadow step behind somebody else Uh the blades travel back to you and do damage to everybody in between right i did not know this and now that I know this, I've been utilizing. I've just been doing it for fun. <laughs> so I don't know if that's supposed to be how you play that build or not. But uh, yeah, you can do that, which is why people recommend that you don't take close damage and yeah. that you just take damage with core skills instead. Gotcha. Because if you use that and then you dash away, technically that's um, I don't know. I don't remember what the wording is. There's there's an op yeah distant enemies technically once you dash away they're distant enemies yeah so it's better to just have core damage and vulnerable damage and uh, damage to I think you I think you stun on that build yeah now to to get those rogue specialties you just had to go talk to a dude and do a really quick short quest (laughs) yeah it's a really quick quest. Okay, pretty much. I feel like the necromancer. I had to do. I had to go talk to some guy about a book, and then I might have had to do a quick dungeon. Yeah, it's the same for the sorcerer. And yeah, and that was it. Now the sorcerer, you get enchantment slot. You get two enchantment slots. Yep. Uh, you open up the one at level fifteen, and then you get a second one at level thirty. 
And the enchantment slots are only for offensive skills? Uh, no. That's no, it's for true. all of them. Well, some of them you can't. Maybe it's just your ultimates you can't? Yeah, I don't think the ultimates have. Okay. Um, now, is it pretty much... Is it pretty much static that, like, regardless of what build you're running, the two enchantments are usually going to be the same? Or is there a uh, lot of wiggle room as far as what people can utilize those for? Well, it it depends a little bit. The first one right now is always Fireball. Okay. Because just all of your damage ignites, then yeah. you can benefit from burning damage. Okay. On on your your gear. So everybody takes that. Okay. If you're running chain lightning, um if you're running arc lash, then the enchantment is arc lash because every time you use a cooldown, you stun enemies around you for two seconds. Oh okay. so then you benefit from damage to stunned, damage to crowd controlled enemies, you know. Um if you are running ball lightning, then um, you use the chain lightning enchantment because every hundred mana that you spend, you fire off a free chain lightning without having to cast it. And ball lightning costs 35 mana. So every four ball lightnings, you cast a, you cast a chain lightning for free. So how... Okay. So ball lightning costs thirty five mana. Yeah, or but thirty you, maybe, but but you said that there's a build going around that has like an infinite mana ball lightning build. Yeah, so there is a unique, uh, not a unique, a legendary affix where when you cast ball lightning, instead of it going forward, it orbits you. Okay. In exchange for doing like ten percent less damage, right. so you do that. You do. There's a there's a couple things that all work together, but basically, you cast a bunch of ball lightnings. They're orbiting you. Um, ball lightnings hit very quickly. Like in one pack, your like eight ball lightnings hit hundreds of times. Okay. So you take things like crits, like like lucky hit. Your critical hits have a percent chance to give you resource okay but you're hitting hundreds of time so it's guaranteed okay basically like you know 40 percent lucky hit chance times 400 attempts you're gonna hit it so with that build would you also take the chain lightning thing as though if you're casting a bunch of ball lightnings all the time you're just yeah. getting free chain lightnings so you're casting a bunch of ball lightnings the ball lightnings are critting, which is restoring your resource, but also reducing your cooldowns. So the the lightning ultimate is always up. You're always casting ball lightning. Since ball lightning is lucky hitting, it's also spawning um, the... Oh God, what is it called? The, the little... The moats oh, that you the pick moats. up. Oh, the moats. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. It's spawning those, so you basically always have 10 of those, so those are always shocking targets around you. And every time you pick up one of those, it also gives you, like, 30 resource. Interesting. So you're just 
shitting out ball lightnings and shitting out these motes and picking them up, and it's constantly orbiting you, hitting hundreds of times per second. Now your in, mana goes down and comes right back up. In your opinion, what what would be the second enchantment that you would take for that build? That one you take chain lightning. Because yeah. every every fourth cast you shoot off a chain lightning. It's just a free chain lightning. Right, but you get two enchantments, right? Yeah, firebolt. Is, is oh, always so you you'll always end up taking firebolt currently, unless okay. they do something about it. Okay. Huh. But yeah, right. I just saw that build. That thing is wild, but you know, it takes a couple of things to to start up going. Yeah. But like I said, everything in Diablo Four seems very gear dependent. Like every build that you do, there are some builds out there that you can just kind of muscle your way through and still have you. you I mean, it's still fun. You'll still have fun playing it. Um, but the builds really don't come online until you get a couple decent, like a couple key pieces. I'll say. Yeah, I mean, there are reasons why that's good. Yeah. Um, you know, to for an example, we'll compare it to, you know, the other competitor, which is Path of Exile. Mm-hmm. Your build is your passive tree. Right. Sure, your gear helps, but if you screwed up your passive tree, it doesn't matter what your gear is. Gotcha. I the think the thing that's... is. I, that I get you need so... to pay not money, but you need to pay resources to respec your passive tree. Yeah, like a lot. Yeah, so you have to suffer through your bad choices or start a new character. Now, for those of you listening, uh, the skill tree for Diablo Four, right? You get your basic skills first. You have essentially four, maybe five choices. Uh, to mm-hmm. choose from. And then as you put points in, it, it fills up a bar, and then you get to unlock core skills. Again, you have four or five choices. And then you get to go down to defensive skills, you get four or five choices. And then, you know, it, it does this like f- six times. Okay. Path of Exile. I I remember getting that game when it first came out because I saw the skill tree. Then when I was playing it, boy, was I overwhelmed. Uh, the skill tree oh. in Path of Exile is humongous. <laughs> the the thing about Path of Exile is you wait for somebody smarter than you, at least in my case, you wait for somebody smarter than you to figure out a build, and then there is a basically mandatory side program called Path of Building mm-hmm. where they export their build, you import it, and then as you level up, you copy the nodes down, and ta-da, you've got the build. Yeah. But, you know, in D4, you can you can experiment because it's mostly gear based. Yeah. So you don't need to be a streamer playing 16 hours a day figuring out what is good. Right. Um, so we've talked about the Necro specialty, the Rogue specialty, the Enchant, the Sorcerer specialty. Do you happen to know what the Barbarian one is? Is it you just get an, you get uh, an, an extra weapon, don't you? It's expertise with one of your weapons. I don't know what that oh, grants yeah. you, um, but I think it powers up that specific weapon. Yeah. Um. Then there's the Druid. <laughs> And boy, oh boy! So we've already talked. You've already mentioned like there's there's this fucking weird thing happening with Druid gear right now where they're getting screwed yep. over. Um, they got no love in the betas uh, because you know some of their builds were just 
they were just underpowered in the betas. Um, then they got nerfed at release. Uh, but then there's their specialty. Now, have you leveled a druid yet? No, I'm waiting for this big. Oh, patch, that's right. That's right for right. season one. So I, I think I've talked to you. I think I've talked to you about this. <laughs> Level fifteen, you start drop. They start dropping spirit essences or whatever. Little little purple orbs that you collect, and they go they go under one of your tabs. It's like a currency almost. Okay, they stack into stacks of a hundred. That's all fine and good. Then you have to figure out what to use these things for. Now you have to go mm-hmm. all the way over to Skaz Glen, the the western side of Skaz Glen. Okay. And most of the time, that means dropping whatever quest you're in the middle of doing out in Fractured Peaks, going way the hell out in Skaz Glen. And then you have to go to a place called Tuldura, which is like a big druid enclave thing. But when you get there, it's a fucking stronghold. <laughs> now you have to clear said stronghold. Just to unlock it. Okay? Now strongholds usually have a minimum level. Um like a like a set level. You know, you can't be uh-huh. you can't just be level fifteen and walk into a stronghold <laughs> and expect to do good. So once you clear this stronghold which was a pain in the ass. Then you, then all the druids come out, right? And then things open up just like all the other strongholds, mostly. And then you talk to another druid, the head druid. And they're like, oh no, our, our ancient spirit deer or whatever is fucking lost. So he gives you a quest. <laughs> it's like, motherfucker, I cleared a stronghold. This is already more than what any other any other class had to do. <laughs> Not right. to mention you're gathering these orbs. Well, you go through this quest. This quest has you go all the fuck over the place. Then you come back when you finally finish it, because it's like a fucking four-part quest. You go back, and now the deer's there, or whatever, the elk. And you talk to him, and he says, Oh, my spirit brethren, they're willing to talk to you now. It's like, yeah, okay. So there's an eagle, a snake, a wolf, and a deer. There's four spirits. Now, each spirit you'll talk to has a, a list of, uh, of passive abilities that they will sell you for these spirit orbs. And the first dot is 25, the second dot is 50, then 75, and then 100. Okay, or something like that. Well, that's all fine and good. But every build that you look at tells you, oh, you want to unlock the snake one first. Well, the snake one, Ryan, is a Mm -hmm. shit. And the snake won't sell you any of his unless you buy them all at once. No. Okay. Right. So you need like essentially, I think, two hundred of these orbs to just unlock the snake skills, and then that's what I think it is. I, whatever it is, it's two hundred per per beast per per spirit that you need to unlock essentially. 
then you can unlock all these other passives as you go and as you get collect these orbs. Okay, and then you 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 open up your your specialty tree, right? Mm-hmm. And it'll show you what skills you have for these specific animals, and you get to have four different passive buffs at once. And then there's an additional thing where you can essentially have a second buff from one of them, but I haven't figured out how to do that one yet. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't I just honestly haven't even bothered doing it or looking into it. Um but so yeah, you are getting four different passive buffs, but they're like oh ten percent less damage from elites or five percent extra attack speed. Like they're 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 small enough buffs, but you are getting four of them. Mm-hmm. But holy shit, is it a pain in the ass to unlock for the druid compared to just talk to this guy, go get a book inside of a dungeon, bring it back to said guy, you're done. Yeah, it seems like that's a little harder, but maybe the buffs are better. I mean, maybe, but damn, why are they shitting on druids so bad? I don't know. <sighs> Man. But, I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, okay, I'm, I'm kind of changing the subject. You know what's goofy? What? So, D4... They did, you know, their aggressive advertising. They brought in a lot of players who have never touched an ARPG before. Mm-hmm. People are getting very upset with the game director, tweeting him on Twitter, saying, what do you mean we have to make a new character to participate in season content? Oh, should I read I just, this. Did I just stop playing my regular character? You know, there's no point because I'm going to have to start. And he's just been like, there is a point. Finish this story. You'll never have to do it again. You know, you're, they said that your map reveal as well as your Lilith statues will transfer. Your waypoints won't, but the the map and the Lilith statues will transfer. So you'll start every season. If you've done all 160 Lilith statues and finished all of the... Um, if you've 100 percented all of the regions, but you don't have to do everything to get, mm-hmm. you'll start every season with a guaranteed 16 or 20 Paragon points, four skill points, four extra potions, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's what you do now. But all of these people who have never played a seasonal game before, like, what do you, my character? And like, and he's just been like, they're not getting deleted. They're staying on Eternal. Seasonal is a completely different server. Right. At the end of the season, they'll get transferred to Eternal. Like, but there's yeah. so many people. And there's just been this meme that's been going around and it's been based on like people making actual posts on, on the D4 Reddit and on Twitter saying like, I have like, I have three kids and I have a job and I can only play an hour a night. I'm still level 15 and you know, now I'm going to have to start a new character every season. (laughs) So, I mean, the meme going around has been like, how dare they make seasons? I have 150 children, four jobs (laughs) and I need to cook and clean every night. And I, I can only play five minutes. How am I supposed to play? It's just like, (laughs) but yeah, all of these people are just tweeting the, the game director. Like, don't want to make a new character but then i was saying i was saying to lex like do you really want to start a season with your level 90 character do everything in five minutes and then you're done yeah exactly like is that what you want yeah and i'm hoping i'm i'm hoping that they kind of go the route 
if you know, maybe not the first season or whatever, but I'm hoping that they go the route of Diablo three, where they do kind of like themed seasons of some fashion, uh, and they actually give you like extra, like special things to to interact with or to utilize throughout the seasons. Yeah. Um, there is stuff about the language they've been using that is exciting. Okay. Um, so the first thing, first and foremost, is if you've played a season in Diablo 3, you know that there are certain objectives in the season journey that are a pain in the ass and you don't want to do them. Um, you will not have to do all of the objectives of the season journey. There will be a number that you need to complete to get to the next tier. Right. So you won't be forced to do the PvP ones. You won't be forced to do certain ones. You just need to do enough to progress the tier. That's immediately already exciting. Yeah. But what he's been saying to these people in his tweet responses are, yes, you can keep playing your eternal character, but in order to participate in the seasonal mechanics, story, quests, and battle pass, you need to make a new character. So that's four things. Yeah. That's not just a season journey. He said story and quests. Yeah. So there might be a and, little like... And mechanics. Yeah. I mean, so, mechanics we're used to. Yeah. But story and quests... That's pretty cool. But also yeah. you're going to unlock the battle pass and that's probably going to have free cosmetics in it. And who doesn't want free cosmetics? I mean, you have to pay for the battle pass, but you earn up the cosmetics. I mean, that's hey, going to be nice. Just, just so you know, I, oh. I was streaming earlier and I totally forgot to stop streaming again after I raided people. And I almost started getting changed, but someone played the Titanic flute. Jesus, Rob. So I realized that was still Jesus, Rob. Rob TOS speedrun. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's exciting. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I, I I've read like I read a little bit about that, and then I. I think it was James who sent me something where I guess like people were trying to like slam re review slam Diablo four when it released, uh, saying that it's, it's, it's pay to play and this, that, and the other thing. And this it, just everything. It was just like, okay, y you aren't happy with the fact that there's a shop that you don't have to utilize. Yeah, the um, like transmogs you unlock are better than most of the things in the shop, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's like, so you don't have to do anything in the shop. No one's forcing you to buy anything. You don't have to buy anything to get any additional content at all. It is yeah. purely cosmetic. So, yeah. and I guarantee you, if something is in the shop now and you really want it, wait. It will be rotated into a battle pass some season in the future. Oh, for sure. When they come out with new things. Yeah. 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 So then when it's in the battle pass, you know what? Play the shit out of that, that battle pass. Unlock what it is you wanted. Yeah. But you like, know? that's, that's fine. 
Yeah, I don't understand why people are trying to review Slam It, saying it's well, a bad game because there's a, you know aesthetic things that are locked behind a paywall. It's like, it's, yeah, it's purely it, aesthetic. That's just FOMO. <laughs> but that's not pay to win. There is there's no advantage. Right. But like so. I, the coolest, my whole outfit is transmogs. My horse is the ghost horse that you unlock from doing Legion events. I haven't, I haven't gotten that one yet. Uh, I got, I got the Ashava skin horse. Like it's super cool. The horse that you can buy in the shop, boring. Yeah, so boring. Yeah, like it's not necessary unless they start making crazy stuff. Like I love crazy microtransactions. I'm gonna go for it. But that's. I, I will say I bought one thing in the shop. Uh. It was a bundle. I think it was a horse. I think it was a horse skin, but it came with a trophy that had like a, you could have like a little dangling skeleton with some arrows sticking out of his head. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I want that for my necromancer and I'm going to name him Bob. That's just Bob. Yeah, like, He's my little saddle buddy. Boom. That's cool. And like there, there is a, um, there's a microtransaction theme that I really like in path of exile. Uh, and it's, um, celestial Mm -hmm. and basically it puts a i don't know if you know what a parallax texture is no okay so a parallax texture is um like you can have like a puddle on the ground but depending on the angle that you look at it the texture changes okay so like when you move the texture moves behind the object Instead okay. of the object moving. Yeah. So the celestial skills, when you use them, they are completely this star field texture. But when you move, the star field texture is moving inside the skill. Yeah. So it looks very cool. And there's also items in the game that you can get that are influenced by one of the bosses, which is the shaper. And those are outlined by this scrolling parallax texture of the stars it's very cool if they made a horse or gear for this game that looked like that day one by yep that's just my favorite texture for microtransactions ever right but like you don't need it it's it's just aesthetic right and like one of the things okay for instance in the shop okay now there might be people out there who were like who couldn't get into the betas or you know didn't participate maybe they didn't even hear about it but like one of the items that we got for participating in the betas when we had to kill a shava you know we got the puppy backpack or whatever you know um that wasn't the one where we had to kill a shava though that's when we got the trophy that was level 20 oh yeah we just had to hit level 20 in the first beta um and anyway, you get to get this aesthetic where you just put this little backpack on and there's just a little little puppy dog just sleeping in your backpack. And I saw in the shop that for a rogue cosmetic, there's the same thing, just different colored puppy. Yep. So they're going to recycle things. And so if you miss out on something, just wait. You'll see either a variant of it or something so similar or the exact same thing. I mean, it's nothing or better. To, yeah, or better. You know, it. I don't think that any of those things should impact people's uh, uh, rating of what the actual game is. 
you know, yeah, you can dislike that, but what do you think of the actual game sort of thing? Um, Now, looking at the reviews that they have on just Wikipedia, you know, uh, Metacritic, I, I don't know any of these things, but Metacritic gave the PC version of it an 87 out of 100. I mean, that's good. Uh, PS5 is an 89 out of 100, and the Xbox is 91 out of 100. Um, GameSpot, 8 out of 10. IGN, I know that one, 9 out of 10. Uh, PC Gamer, 85 out of 100. Um, PC Mag, 4 out of 5 stars. Like, the game itself is good. The story, yeah. I thought, was great. Um, spoilers again, uh, you know, if you didn't catch my earlier spoilers, again, I was a little disappointed by the ending, but you know, they left it open in a way where you're, they're leaving it open for the expansions that they're already probably working on. Mm -hmm. So I'm fine with that, you know, and Diablo, if there's one thing I've learned about Diablo as a franchise, because I've been playing this game since the first Diablo game, you're going to run into certain things that are just going to disappoint you story-wise. Because, you know what? The name of the game is Diablo. You think that yeah. there's always going to be happy, fun kitten things running around? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's it's literally grimdark. It's yes. always going to be like that. Um, one thing I did see, and I saw a video on YouTube, but I haven't watched it. I saw that a bunch of sh- a bunch of people we're trying to find the secret cow level. Yeah, so that's been um that's been a thing on Reddit. Yeah, and then I saw a video of secret cow level confirmed, but I hadn't watched it yet. Oh, maybe so somebody I don't know if it's just clickbait. It. Um yeah, cuz people are trying to figure out. So there's there's like 30 or I forget, I don't remember if it's 30 or 60 bo- like, not bosses, but unique enemies that spawn around the map mm-hmm. where when you're near one, it pings you on the map like it's a it's a discovery. And when you kill them... Is that what the shiny little star thing is on your map? Yeah. I was going to ask you Every time you was. kill them, they drop the same item. Okay. They each have their own item, but is it is a rare piece of gear, but it always has the same name. I've and only, each one of them drops that. I've only found one, and it's in the same spot in Skazglen. But one of those enemies, which I think is in Skazglen, there is a place where there's like a little lava flow. Yeah, that's of them the same. That's the one. There. Yep. He does not attack you. Nope. He follow he he will follow you as far as you go. He will never attack you. So oh, I was just kidding. <laughs> people think that there is something related to having to take him somewhere. Huh. But there's also, I believe, four quest items that you can get that don't turn in for a quest. Huh. So that could also be part of it. But yeah, I'm guessing, you know, people will figure it out eventually. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the secret cow level has been a thing since Diablo two. So, oh yeah, it's almost certainly there somewhere. Yeah, Diablo three. It took the it, uh, it took people a while, but like, the, you know, you'd always get the loading screen that says the secret cow level is a lie. This that and the other thing, 
And then, yeah. you know, eventually the secret cow level actually came. It wasn't, they, they found whimsy Shire or whimsy Dale. And they were like, Oh, this must be their version of the secret cow level. You know, the very cartoony map with the bears and the unicorns and stuff. Right. Um, but then the actual secret cow level came. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I will be disappointed if Diablo 4 doesn't have a cow level, but it, it's it's going to. It has uh, to. Yeah, it, it probably will. So. I mean, um, it might not have been enabled yet. It might be enabled right. season one. But, right. um, you know, there is a there are two gigantic patches underway right now yeah um one of them is supposed to fix all of the current issues um and then the second one is probably the patch that adds season one so you know two big patches for stuff to happen yeah um all right well we're we're over an hour so we're going to do a little wrap up here but before we before we end i'm going to ask you a couple questions first on a rating of, we'll say one to ten, what do you rate this game? Um. Well, overall, I have been playing a lot, and I, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a pro gamer by any means. I you know I still need some outside resources to help me, but um, it's definite. I'm definitely finding it easier to play than Path of Exile. <laughs> <laughs> um but i I'd, I'd give it an uh, like an eight and a half to nine okay i mean there's problems that are going to be fixed in this in this patch and then it's it's going to be like a 9.5 okay uh what do you rate the story i mean i i liked the story a lot i'd say that was that was probably a nine i mean there was some goofy stuff like we said before you know ooh skeleton and all that yeah but, <laughs> um i liked it I thought it was the perfect length. And the one thing that Blizzard does that I'm going to keep saying it, that Path of Exile will never do is that in Path of Exile, every character, you need to do the story from the beginning. Yeah. And in Diablo four, I never have to do it again if I don't want to. Yeah. And that I, I can like the story that I played it. And I experienced it that one time. Yep. I won't grow to resent it like I have with Path of Exile. Because I've played it maybe 45 times. I will and say. I don't like it anymore. I will say. I was under the impression that they were going to keep that separate from softcore to hardcore. And that, you know, once you did the story on a softcore character, it'd be unlocked for, you know, you wouldn't have to do it again for any of your softcore characters. And then if you made a hardcore character, you're going to have to do the story. And then once you did it the one time, it'd be unlocked for the rest of your hardcore characters. I've only done the story on my softcore druid. And it made it so on my hardcore one, I didn't have to do the story anymore. Yeah, it's count one. So the only thing that didn't carry over were things like my Altars of Lilith, my Renown, essentially was not yeah. carried over my hardcore. So I am yeah, having that... to do all of that um, post-story with my with my necromancer. Yeah, that's one of the major things that they'll be addressing, I believe, in the Season 1 patch, is that your most revealed map will copy to all of your characters going forward. Gotcha. I do have a question about the Renown thing that I haven't 
I haven't looked into it, but maybe you, you happen to know the answer. So I know the last two things on your renowned unlocks can only be unlocked by after you've reached uh, E3. T3. Yeah. Now, if you're doing, say, if you're leveling up on alt, right, and you, you haven't gotten to the point where you can get to T3 yet, mm-hmm. uh, and you're working on the renowned stuff in the Fractured Peaks... You know, you're going around, you're getting your Altars of Lilith, you're just doing dungeons just for the XP yeah. and to unlock stuff. If you if you do 100% of the Fractured Peaks, yeah, all of the dungeons, all the quests, all, everything, now you don't get those last two unlocks until you hit T3. Right. But once you hit Tier 3... It would unlock immediately. You just unlocked them immediately. So I can go ahead and do 100% of an area? Yeah, so what I did was, since I already had the whole map revealed and most of it done on my Sorcerer, I went, like, I, I got my Rogue to, like, 40. And then I went on my Sorcerer, and you don't actually have to finish everything for 100%. Right, right. It's just a certain number of points, and that's the thing about the seasons, is that since it carries over... You'll only need to do like nine dungeons and like 15 side quests in each region to 100% it in a season because the Lilith carries over and all that. So um, I went and I got all the altars. I did enough side quests and dungeons in each area to fill the bar. And then I went back over to my rogue and I had my five free skill points, my five ocean charges and my 20 paragon points that's just you know that carries over and obviously you can't put the paragon points in until you hit level 50 right but the second you hit level 50 you have 20 paragon points right immediately okay and you don't need to be in t3 it's it's an an account wide bonus now, when they do that thing where it carries over, say, your Altars of Lilith or whatever, yep, are they just going to take, like, whichever character has the most Altars yep. unlocked will unlock that many for everybody else? Yep. Okay. Because so all seasonal characters, if you have all of the Altars, will start with all of those stats. Okay, so I need to work on getting the rest of my altars on my druid then. Yeah. I Because I have all of them in Fractured Peaks and Skaz Glen right now. But yeah, I, I cannot stress enough how much those stats, as well as the 20 Paragon points. Yeah. That's massive. That's like, 20 Paragon points is like 50 character levels. Yeah. It is in, and you get 200 and... What fifty? It's some weird number, like two hundred and fifty-two or something. Yeah, it's such a boost. There are nodes on the Paragon tree that do more than three of my gear pieces. Yeah, and then I like how there's glyph ones, so you can insert different yeah. glyphs that you find. Yeah, it's basically the gems from D three, but yeah. it's it's good. But then. Those glyphs and the notable passives on the Paragon tree, you need a certain number of stat for. Yeah. 
and it's all the stats, not just your primary stats. So the altars of Lilith help, items that give you all stat help. All of the travel nodes on the Paragon tree are also plus five stat. So it just, it just helps to have all the altars. That's like yeah. 300 free stats. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up right about there. Um is there anything else you'd want to say about Diablo 4? Um, well, they just confirmed that the 1,000th player has finally reached level 100 in hardcore. Damn Congratulations it. Congratulations to that. <sighs> um, I was hoping. I was hoping. Two weeks. It, it only took, took two, two weeks? Well, it's been two weeks, right? Has it already? Uh, maybe three weeks. Oh, man. Almost. What was it? June 6th? Yeah, 6-6. Six, six. So... Two weeks and two, in two days. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of hoping that I had a shot still, because I've watched some people's YouTube videos of them being really like up in like the 80s on yeah. hardcore, and then accidentally running by something and getting killed, and then playing around in my hardcore game. I haven't seen any anybody as high level as me yet. But yeah, they just <sighs> damn. They just said that. They also uh, tweeted a picture of what the statue looks like. It's pretty cool. Oh, can you send that? Uh, let me find it. Okay. It wouldn't be an SU without a visual aid for no one, for none of the listeners to be able to see. Uh, um, I love this IGN article. Diablo 4 newcomers are horrified they've started a new character to play season one content. <laughs> Um, oh God! Uh, I just 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 a tip to everybody in, in who's listening. Um, don't ever scroll down in a in a Twitter comment section. I feel like Twitter is just so. Uh, if if you unless you want to see unsolicited uh, cucumbers, let's say. Oh, I'll tell not Rob. good to scroll down. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to find the statue. Um, I think it was on Reddit. I'm just looking for it. Because I couldn't find it on Twitter. It's a Willis statue too, right? Yeah, it's a really it's a really cool Is it gonna be is it is it gonna be one of those ones that they have out out at the Blizzard headquarters? Yeah, it's going to be at Blizzard headquarters. Yeah. So like that was the other thing. It's like if you're never gonna go see it, then all that you get is that you know that it's there. Yeah. I mean, I, I okay. So I know the last time I really talked about Diablo Four on SU was me making the decision that I wasn't going to try for the hardcore first to a hundred race thing. Um, in hindsight, now knowing that it's it's unachievable now because the last person finally made it. Uh, again, congrats to them. I'm. I'm honestly happy that I made the decision I was that I made and that I took my time with the game and with the story and that I got to consume it the way that I did. Yeah. So I'm I'm really happy that I made that decision uh and I and I don't regret making that decision. So uh, is that, it- is, that is a really cool statue. Yeah, there's a there, hold on, I'm copying the tweet. There's actually a really cool uh a really cool video of how they uh of how they like light it. 
I wonder if they're going to put the thousand names right on the front somewhere or if they're going to do it on the sides. Uh, probably the sides and the back, I would guess. Yeah. turn down the volume but yeah it's like lit red it's really oh cool. yeah and see honestly like the only reason I was really conflicted about it not just because of my love of hardcore because going into this game man I didn't know how hardcore was going to be because after, after playing the couple of the betas I'm like dude a world boss on a hardcore character all it takes is standing in the wrong spot at the wrong time and you blink once and you're dead and um but like honestly it's because i think the whole lead up to it i i I was rooting for lilith the whole time (laughs) (laughs) i was like dude i hope i hope she gets everything But yeah, you're gonna have to really convince me to play hardcore on this. Um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to convince myself. I mean, I, I've been doing it, but I know that I'm. I know eventually I'm gonna die. You know, I, I died several times in, in Diablo three hardcore, but you know, eventually I got the hang of it, and that's all I ended up playing. But like, right. there are just so many factors in this particular game that can just one shot you and just end yeah you. i mean it's not even that a hundred percent of my deaths are because i get like stun locked for a minute yeah and then i just get slapped to death like that's a hundred percent of my deaths yeah sorceress doesn't die because ice armor is broken and there's skills where you just take less damage while you have a barrier active so you just you don't you don't take more than half of your health and damage um but the rogue if you're um there's a skill where you become unstoppable for a second you teleport to an enemy if that's down and you get stunned you're dead yeah it's there's it's there's no negotiating it you die you can't potion yeah because you can't potion when you're stunned I think dash, you become unstoppable too, though. But you can't use dash when you're stunned. Oh. You can use shadow step when you're CC'd, even when you're frozen. Oh. You cannot use dash when you're already CC'd. See, I think shadow step is down, and it has an eight-second cooldown, by the way, (laughs) you die. See, I think that's what I like. Honestly, I think that's what makes my bear tank so tanky. So, I have a a charge, and when I charge, I'm unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a shout, and when I shout, I think it breaks CC. I don't think I can shout when I'm stunned. But then I have Earth... Earth armor, earth and bulwark, or something like that, uh, which makes me unstoppable. Right. And then I have my ultimate, where I turn into my, you know, my big ultimate werebear form, mm-hmm. and that makes me unstoppable. Yeah. So imagine you had the unique where you're in bear form all the time, and then you're always unstoppable. Well, no. Well, because you being in bear form, I can be in bear form all the time, but then there's the the ultimate version where you go into like. 
super sane oh, bear like mode. Angie bear. Yeah, yeah. Angie bear. Yeah. That's what makes you unstoppable. Okay. So, literally that particular build, I have four things that'll break CC and three things that make you unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So if you just are, if you are just aware of your cooldowns, you can pretty much just never be CC'd. Yeah, and that's what the sorcerers is like because uh, the flame armor, in addition to healing you for fifty percent, and in addition to burning enemies around you, it also unfreezes you and gets rid of all CC because it makes you invulnerable for two seconds. So it's just mm-hmm. like, but yeah, the rogue shadow steps down. Bye-bye. Especially if you just jumped into a, a group of elites. Like the big Khazra guys that stun you, and... Yep. Um, the, oh, God, the other thing about playing melee... I, I, I know we're, like, coming to the end, but the other thing about playing melee is all of the spiders Uh-huh. Explode. Yeah, all they all them. do poison. They all explode <sighs> for poison damage. Yeah, that's, that's the bane of my bare existence. <laughs> there are... I think three of the nightmare dungeons. They will rotate every season as to what dungeons are nightmare dungeons, but three of the nightmare dungeons are spider dungeons. Jesus. And my God, you better be hitting Q. Oh, that's not even something we didn't even talk about is the fact that doing, how the hell do you even get the keys? Now? I forget how you get the keys to the nightmare dungeons. Um, you can get a couple to start out by doing um, the tree. That's right. Doing bounties. Yeah. Um, but then you get like two or three from each nightmare dungeon that you do. Right. And then the keys have different affixes on them as well. Uh-huh. Where depending on the key that you have, it could buff the enemies for that nightmare dungeon. Yeah, it gives you one player buff and three enemy buffs. Or like enemy buffs and situational hazards. Right. So and and they're and it, that's all dependent on which key you have, right? Yep. Jeez, that I mean, that, you, you can break them down and craft new ones, which is nice. But. Yeah, but I mean, still, I think that's a really interesting. Like, that's the thing that really has me gripped and and okay, so far okay playing softcore mm-hmm. is the fact that everything is so unique and like the boss fights, especially being melee, like you said, some bosses like. The big Khazra guys, if they do their wind-up thing and you don't move in time and they hit you, you're knocked down for X amount of seconds. Yeah. You know, so every every enemy, and sometimes it's not even just bosses, sometimes it's just elites. Every enemy in this game has some sort of unique thing. So, like, when you run into a boss fight, you literally have to play Batman for 30 seconds and study the boss and figure out its movement patterns, figure out what it's doing. Mm-hmm. And then try to deal with the boss, and I think that's super interesting to me. Um, with the exception of, you know, I'm hoping that it gets more like that or more interesting to me in in later tier difficulties, only mm-hmm. because my bear can now essentially. I just every boss I come across, I just sit there in its face and just tank it. But that's good. That's what a, that's what you should strive towards in ARPGs. Right, there should yeah. be a point, not to where you're invincible. There should be a point where in certain content you can stand there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like so bosses have four health markers, right? 
And when you get them down to, you know, if you if you eliminate a quarter of their health and you hit that first marker, they'll pop out two health potions. And then you get them down to half, they'll pop out two more health potions. Now, I can sit there and face tank a boss and use my cooldowns, but I'm using health potions while I'm doing it too, comfortably, to the point where when they drop the health potions, I, I might need to pick one or both of them up. And then just continue tanking it in the face. You know, so it's not like I'm invincible, like you said. It's, you know, I am having to heal and, and, and do stuff. But, um, yeah, you know, that, that's kind of what I wanted my bear. And what I always thought the bear druid should be is you run in there and you are supposed to take all this damage and be able to survive. You know? Exactly. Um, I am going to feel a little weird when I'm running my bear with you on your sorceress and you're tankier than me, but yeah, I'm probably going to play the rogue. Okay. <laughs> I don't so, think the sorceress can do that dungeon yet, but I'll, I'll eventually have to, what level do you have to be to unlock uh tier four? You just have to complete the dungeon. You can get there at level one. Okay, what just is the... somebody has to run the dungeon with you. It's recommended 70, 70 but I went at okay. 60. Okay. All right. Well, the I recommendation think I'm 55. Yeah, I mean the recommendation for 70 is just like that's, that's what when level you the mobs go are, to right? T4, that's the level they start at. Yeah. And that's what the level is of the mobs in that dungeon when you do that dungeon, right? Yes. Yeah. So there's okay. also other mechanics in that dungeon which are kind of a pain in the ass, but all right. Well, give me a couple more levels and by the time I hit sixty, if I feel comfortable enough with my bear, I'll probably ask you if you want to run that dungeon, see if I can't sneak my way into tier four. I mean, I'll level with you if you're not doing anything. Um well I'm supposed to be watching something with Apple. At some point, we're, we were going to try to watch a couple Try Not to Laughs because we're weeks behind on those. Okay. But, uh, and, uh, I had a kind of a rough night last night, so I need a, I need a good laugh. I had a panic attack like four oh. o'clock this morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, my dumbass decided for the first time ever to lock my door. So when Rob came running to come check on me, the door was locked <laughs> so that I had to like stand up and collapse onto the floor and like, army crawl to my door and reach up and unlock it. <laughs> it was rough. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely harass you and uh, you okay. can, you can let Nick, let Lex know I'm going to be harassing her to, to play whatever character she wants to be leveling her rogue or whatever. Okay. Cause I got a couple lower level characters that I want to, you know, work on. So yeah, sounds good. Alrighty. Well, we're going to wrap up there. Uh, where can people find you? you? You've been streaming Diablo. Yeah. Um, really, the only place you can find me right now is twitch.tv slash crimtastic. Do you have set days that you that you, that you aim for streaming? Uh, it's really just Monday right now just at seven, 7 Eastern. Alrighty. Um, we don't have life advice or a science corner this week. Because Rob's not with us. Mm. Uh, do you know anything sciency, Ryan? Uh, do I know anything sciency? Yeah. Um. 
Or, I'm, you know what? I'm going to start doing that. How about, do you know a random fact about Disneyland? A random, wait, hold on. A random fact about Disneyland? Or Disney World. I don't know. Whichever one you got, you and Lex go to all the time. <laughs> I mean, I can guest call in a random fact about Disney. Okay, yeah. I'll give you a phone, a friend. A random fun fact about Disneyland is that in, I think it's the hot dog shop on the corner, um, there were an even amount of light bulbs. They alternate white and red, white and red. But because there was an even amount of the light bulbs, the pattern would have been either two white in a row or two red in a row. So they made a custom light bulb that was split down the middle, white on one side, red on the other side. So the pattern was seamless. Oh, snap. There you go. All right, then. <laughs> now, now, anytime that you're on as a guest, I'm going to let you use a phone a friend, and you're going to be the <laughs> random Disney facts person. Okay. Rob's the science corner, and Devin's the life advice. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll fill in for Devin for the life advice with the life advice that I always give every single time. Uh, when sliding down the banister of life, make sure the splinters all face the right direction. True. So, and with that, uh, we thank you for listening. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Jax Forest Walker, all one word, on Twitch at DM Webby. Uh, I stream, well, I don't stream, but I'm usually on Rob's stream um, Tuesdays and Thursdays around 3 Eastern. Um, I know at least Tuesdays he plays Overwatch, and I've, I, I'm usually on there with him. Um, and you guys can follow me on eBay at looking for Devin because he's lost. He gone. I don't know where he is. That's not true. I just keep forgetting that he switched his days off and I'm not used to ever recording this on a Sunday. So yeah, my dumbass waits until the last second and, and calls in friends to help me out on Thursdays. That's fine. Yeah. So with that, everybody, thank you. And as always, fuck Booster Gold. Fuck Booster Gold. So is Rogue your favorite class so far, Ryan, while we're listening to the outro music? Um, yeah. I mean, I've only tried a couple. played Necro during the beta, but um, only level 20. So that's probably not a good representation. I mean, I might like the Sorceress more once I figure out this infinite mana build. That is true. That If you figure that out, you let me know. All right. And...